Welcome to the Living Ageless and Bold podcast. I'm your host, Christina Daves, and in each episode, I bring you amazing women who inspire, educate, and share their experiences and journeys along the way. So grab a glass of wine or a cup of coffee, find a cozy spot, and let's relax and have some fun hearing what can be accomplished after 55. Welcome, everybody. Today's guest is the one that if you have an audacious dream, like one you just don't think is achievable, this guest is going to show you that she begs to differ because she lived out her biggest dream, and we'll get to that. But she's such an amazing person. She's a speaker. She's an 11-time best-selling author, 11 best-selling books, and she just helps people achieve these dreams. And we're going to talk about how she does that and what she's done. So welcome, my friend, Charmaine Hammond. Thank you. Really looking forward to today's conversation with you. Oh, you are, I think we probably met three or four years ago. Just such a warm, lovely person. I love everything you do. And I'm, I'm going to tease everybody a little bit. We're going to get to this. But Charmaine had a dream. And correct me, you, did you actually write the book? Yes, the film is not a book. It's a, a beautiful screenplay written by a gentleman named Michael Mankowski. Okay, and we'll talk more about that and Michael and everybody later. But it's a beautiful story, and she had a dream to make a movie. You guys, like Hollywood caliber movie. And she was the co-executive producer, and she got 20 Hollywood A-listers to say yes. But we'll get to that, because the premise of the podcast is you don't wake up at 50 and just say, oh, I'm going to go to Hollywood and make a movie. There's a story attached to it. So let's let's hear how Charmaine Hammond started and, and what you do, because it's so amazing. Well, I have an interesting background, like most entrepreneurs. They all started somewhere that's different than where they are now. So my career actually started out in jail. I was a jail guard, a correctional officer. <laughs> For- <laughs> I don't think I knew <laughs> that. 10 <laughs> years. And then I went back to school. It was very interesting. <laughs> went back to school and got trained. That might be a whole podcast episode oh, yes, in itself. Exactly. <laughs> your, your jailhouse <laughs> exploits. <laughs> and it was an interesting career. But uh, this path led how I got to where I'm doing now is because when I moved across the country, the jail that I in the community that I was moving to wasn't open. So I had to choose another career. I did. I went into working in the nonprofit sector and then went back to school and got trained, certified as a mediator and then got a master's degree and opened up a mediation company, a dispute resolution company, and very quickly started training and speaking and writing. And that was my first taste at opening a business. And since then, I have had two other businesses. That one still exists, although I don't mediate anymore. I train people. And that's kind of... All of the skills that I learned over those 26 years, I didn't know at the time, each time I took a different path in life, that it all was like the missing puzzle pieces that would all come together one day to support what I'm doing now. And we talk about that all the time. And I I mentor students at Virginia Tech. It's where I went to college. And I always talk to the careers and marketing class and, and I tell them this piece of paper you're getting in May is just a piece of paper. It's gonna get your first job. It's going to get your foot in a door. And when they hear my story, I don't have a good, as good of a story as being a jail guard. But when they hear my journey, they're like, 
wait, what? You you can really do all of this? And you're right. You learn. I'm sure your being in the jail helped your Absolutely. mediation career quite a bit. <laughs> Taught me to because- be comfortable with conflict, how to, how to address crisis, how to get things on track quickly. And it, it taught me also what not to do, what doesn't work. <laughs> so let's talk about what you're doing now with Raise a Dream. And, and you really help people if they have this big dream and, and how to see it through and how to find sponsors and how to get partners involved to make that dream come true. That's a great question. I opened up Raise a Dream because in between the time I opened up my first business and till about seven years ago, I was actually using collaboration and sponsorship pretty much in everything I did in my businesses. And sponsorship is really a way of collaborating with businesses and brands to bring on different types of support to your project, whether that is financial support, cash, or whether it is products and services in kind or a combination thereof. And so I I was using collaboration and sponsorship really as a foundation in my business. And it's all relationship driven. And that is that one thread that's woven through my puzzle is relationships. And then I did a a tour called Million Acts of Kindness. And it was based on three of my children's books or two of my children's books and my one adult book that are all about my incredible dog, Toby. So we took this show on the road. It was a a seven-week North American tour in a sponsored motor home. And the goal was to really ignite people into kindness and, and really to create connections. And the, the books and my speaking was part of how we did that. And a big part of funding that tour and bringing that tour to life was collaboration and sponsorship. Right. And so, so with your dog, I mean, how many people don't love their dog, love pets? I know I've got a lot of friends who foster animals, but, but you saw a bigger picture with that. You saw that you could really make change and that must not have been terrible hanging out with your dog on the road. (laughs) Like how fun is that? Well, especially given that my husband, Christopher was driving the RV, that was even more fun. I didn't have to worry about driving a 32 foot (laughs) motor home. But, you know, it was really, that was a oh dream I had many years, years before I had done a vision board. And for some reason, I had this picture of a motor home and my books that weren't all written at the time. And I didn't know where I was going when, <laughs> when I did this vision board. But that's where I really started about thinking about so many of us have these big dreams. We have passion projects, but we don't always know how to bring them to life. And that's what my other company, Raise a Dream, does as we help entrepreneurs and authors, speakers, coaches, even nonprofits and service clubs look at what their big projects are and what their dreams are and how can they bring it to life in a different way that includes other people through collaboration, partnership, sponsorship. And I have incredible, credible joy watching what all of our clients are able to do with their big projects. When you bring other people into the mix, incredible things can happen. And people don't think it's possible. I remember, so I said, I went to Virginia Tech and Hoda Kotb went to Virginia Tech and we were putting together a women in business event. And the, you know, I said to the university, why don't we get Hoda Kotb? And they said, we can't, we don't know how, like we can't get to her. Well, through my PR background, and I didn't know her, but I knew of this producer we had emailed a little bit. 
So I emailed her and literally got this ball rolling, ended up with her PR team. They said, yes, she was on a book tour. Like everything worked out great. And I literally, I got Capital One to sponsor the event. This is little old me, Christina Dave. And then uh, we needed to supply her books and we couldn't sell anything at the event. So I went to my friend who owns this big uh, garden center. I'm like, how perfect to put a bookmark in because it's they're all women and they all love this kind of stuff. And he would instantly, yes, of course I'll buy the books. So you don't think it's possible, but it is possible. It's it's leading with value. Give them the value of what it is. And it, he really, and then since that was before I met you, and then I've done so many other things because you gave me the confidence of yeah, they they do want to work mm-hmm. with people like Absolutely. us. And you 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 talked about something really important when you mentioned find that value and talking to people that you know already. And 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 for you with that example of the bookmarks, it was so obvious to you that this is a great fit. We've got this type of an audience, and this audience likes garden centers or you know, home decor, garden shopping. shopping. <laughs> and what a great way to bring that business owners desired audience with, you know, with their business. So it's, I love that you've talked about, you know, you've talked about value relationship and finding that synergy. And it's when you find that synergy that really interesting things happen. And sometimes the results that you are thinking are completely different because businesses and brands have used collaboration and working with projects through sponsorship for a long time. So they have this, this experience of doing this and can think of things that we might not otherwise think of. And I've had that happen so many times in the last 25 years of my, my business career. You know, I like what you brought up. For example, I interviewed a a celebrity on, on the podcast, a big soap opera star, Kimberlyn Brown. It was a fantastic interview. If you haven't listened, listen to it. But we did just an Instagram collaboration and the video blew up. It's like one of my most popular shows. It was really, really good. And, and I just asked, it was kind of like the Hoda copy thing. Sometimes you just, just ask what's the worst anyone's going to say. I've always taught my kids that growing up, but if you have a big dream, and let's talk briefly like how you work with people. I, I have this this big, huge dream. I'm, I, I need help with it. What do you do for me? One of the points of entry that we often meet our clients is they tried sponsorship or collaboration and it failed. And generally it failed because there was a, a one of probably four mistakes that they make. So a great example that I get all the time is people will contact me they say, you know, I wrote a hundred letters and I sent them to all the businesses in our community. You know, I just emailed them all and I got no response, you know, zero. And that's because they missed that one piece relationship. It's just like if we put our shoes in the, sh- in, if we put ourselves in the shoes of a, a business owner, how many times have we said yes to some random letter from someone we've never heard of with a project that we don't know about? We just generally delete it. Exactly, zero. So uh, once they learn how to do that, and we do a lot of educational programs and mentoring and, and group training programs to help people understand, like we have a seven-step model in our company, Raise a Dream, around collaboration and sponsorship. And when people can understand the model, and that it's based on relationship and the ask comes, like when you were saying just ask, 
you know, when we have information about that business, when we built a relationship or even just an, in, an introductory relationship, it allows us to have that conversation with them. And it's the conversation that helps you be more confident and comfortable in the ask. So we typically work with people from an educational perspective, like through training or through mentoring, guiding them on a one-to-one -one basis. And the, the great part is that as people learn these skills in the model, and it's not complicated, it, it, we just need to understand there's a progression to get from, I, I've never met you before, to I'd love to, for you to be involved in our project. And when they follow that, you know, it works. I had an example recently of an author who had never done any kind of collaboration or sponsorship for their projects. And on the first on the first time of asking, they had a sponsor sponsor 25 books for them to give to the charities that they support. So, I mean, <laughs> it works, but like you said, you got to find that synergy and value. Right. And just sometimes just getting on the phone with the right person. I was connected with an organization the other day and unbeknownst to me, there are a lot of people in that organization that would be amazing for me to interview on this podcast, like really amazing women. And I had emailed with her quite a bit and I said, can we just hop on a call? And we got on a Zoom call and we were done. She said, oh my God, your passion for your podcast is unbelievable. She's like, you just glow. And she's like, let me send some emails for you. So that's sometimes you just have to, you know, an email doesn't, and my husband always says that don't text, don't send an email. If it's really important, pick up the phone because your tone of voice can, can change everything. You just mentioned something so, so critical to raising dreams. You use the word passion. And that is so important when we're raising dreams because I've seen so many people, they've got this dream project, something they really want to do in their community. They want to make a difference in some way and they are so passionate about it, but often they lose their passion when they feel like they're hitting those roadblocks or they're not comfortable asking people to step in and help, whether that's giving them guidance or advice or doing something different. So I love what you said about passion, because I think that's one of the key ingredients to raising our dreams. When we lose our passion, it it's, starts to feel like an uphill push. And then, and I'm such an energy universe person. And if you, if you're pushing, you know, if you've got all that negative energy and yeah, you're, you're pushing the boulder up the hill, it's not going to happen. But when you have that excitement and the passion and the energy, I, things just come. They just happen. Like I really believe that it's, it's happened my whole life and I'm, I'm drinking that Kool-Aid for sure. <laughs> I believe it too. It's happened with so many projects for me that, you know, just being at the, in the right place at the right time, meeting someone who you thought was lovely and then never knew that years later you would be doing something cool or a project with them. And I, I guess the lesson is when we're raising dreams, we always want to be open to those opportunities and and sometimes having to put ourselves out there a bit, you know, sort of dangling our toe over that line in the sand, even if it feels a bit uncomfortable. Right. But I think the more you do it, the easier that becomes. That first awkward call, you know, you've got no saliva in your mouth. You're like, oh my God, what am I going to say? And then it's muscle memory. It gets, you realize that people on the other end aren't monsters. They're not going to tear you apart. They might not be for them. And that's fine too, but I actually was just putting together an event and we were getting sponsors for it. And I had an intern and I told him, I'm like, 
just call people. You know, tell them you're an intern. You're this is what the project is. Even my husband didn't sponsor this one particular event because it wasn't a fit for him. It's fine. Then you just move on. But just nobody's going to be like, why are you calling me for this? You know, especially if it's companies that do sponsorship anyway. Okay, now let's let's talk super fun. So you took this knowledge, and how old were you? When this all came about, you were over 50, right? Yes, over 50. And in fact, incredible things have happened for me after I hit 50. I just want to say that on so many levels. <laughs> it's, yeah. And we'll get to that at the end because that's my question I'm going to ask you. But so you you had this dream about the book and let's, and the movie part is really fun and glamorous, but but the background of the book and what it's doing to help people is really, really important. So let's talk about the screenplay. So this is one of those interesting moments that I was traveling to a community that I used to live in years ago, and it's Fort McMurray, Alberta, Canada. And I'd lived there for 16 years, and they had some devastating wildfires in 2016. And I was called back up to the community to do some work on the recovery and the resilience building in the community. And many of, the, many of the groups that I was working with had been long-term clients, organizations, and businesses. And everyone I talked to kept saying, have you met Michael Mankowski? Have you talked to this Michael Mankowski? I'm thinking, who is Michael Mankowski? And I got connected to Michael Mankowski, and he had written this beautiful screenplay. And at the time, it was about a 12-minute screenplay, and he is a born and raised Fort McMurrayite, so he grew up in that community that was impacted by the fires, and he was doing a lot of work filming and, have, and interviewing people as they returned to the community after the evacuation. And he had written this beautiful screenplay, and his dream, this is his dream, his dream was to bring this project to life to help people heal, to help people heal through art, to help people create conversations about connection, hope, and mental health. And, you know, I didn't know how I was going to be able to help at that time, but I said, I love your dream. I love your vision. I'd love to be a part of bringing this project to life. And on went this journey for me to learn a lot. I had not worked in the film industry before, so I had a lot of a lot of learning to do and a lot of growing to do. But it's incredible through the efforts of Michael Mankowski, who is a screenwriter, director, producer of the film, and another one of our incredible producers, John Schneider, they were able to bring on just a stellar voice cast of award-winning actors who believed in this project so much they came on board. So if you can picture the characters in this 30-minute animated film are the animals that live in the forest. So we have bears and buffaloes and, and we have beavers. We have all kinds of animals. And the voice cast who voice the animals include actors like Michael J. Fox, Jeremy Renner, Catherine O'Hara, Tantu Cardinal, Lauren Cardinal, Martin Short, Kim Basinger, and the list goes on. Just an incredible voice cast who came together to help bring this project to life. And again, it was something, I mean, these are, would you have ever dreamed that you would be connected on a project with these people? But by, by providing value, they're all from Canada. They, you know, they have a passion for this too, and to lend their voices to, and again, the whole story is hope and 
dealing with mental health and anxiety, which interesting, you started this right before COVID. Yes. Right. Yes. So, and then, yeah, it was a big job to work on a film through COVID. And, and, you know, with the, the cast of the voice cast of 19, we've actually got a few Americans as well on, on the crew. What's key here is that our producer, John Schneider used his relationships and with the different managers and the actors that he had relationships with. So again, there's this, this, this sort of thread that's woven through this project, which is about relationships. But I never thought that I would ever be involved in a project like this. But the other piece of that is the, the power of bringing people together and having mental health conversations. I've worked in the mental health sector for many, many years. In fact, nearly my whole career working in mental health in some way. And I know how hard it is for people to talk about trauma and crisis and life changes and difficult situations. And when I, when I talk about this film, I always get a little bit emotional because Michael describes this project as a love letter to his community. And you know, I've probably seen it a thousand times now. <laughs> Every time I just connect with something different, but it really is truly a love letter to his community and that conversation starter to help people through tough times. And then to have COVID come and we saw what that did for mental health. So, so what a blessing that you all made this movie. I mean, the timeliness of it, truly phenomenal. Actually, I can't imagine how many people you helped. I think that's a really important point when you talk about COVID because the one interesting factor was that during COVID, the world was united or connected in a way that we all had a shared experience. Our shared experience might look very different, but we were all being affected by COVID. And as you said, the impacts of the pandemic on people and their mental health and resilience and, and hope it was really challenging for a lot of people. And, you know, I just feel so grateful to have been part of a project that can be sort of this foundation for people to have conversations that, that matter and just connect people. It's good that you did this, that we are opening the conversation. It is so important. And it's always been a taboo and we don't talk about this. And so congratulations on that. What was your favorite part about doing it or a fun fact? Oh, with the movie. Just watching it grow from, you know, when Michael started the animation process, and we have many animators working on this project, but it starts with images. They're all hand-drawn images that get turned into animated characters. So watching these images evolve was just absolutely fascinating to me. And then all of a sudden, the images have color. They have voice. That was beautiful. I think one of my favorite parts of this whole project was Definitely Michael's passion to raise this dream and also the care that he put into the film. So, for example, you know, he talked to so many educators and mental health professionals to run things past them to get input. He talked to play therapists and color therapists, color, color therapy to make sure that we had things right. He engaged the cast in kind of the the features of the character that they were going to be voicing. And, and the other piece was just all of the stories that are featured in this film are based on real stories, real people from the community. And I think that's really important. How long did it take to make the movie? Oh. I mean, obviously you were slowed, <laughs> I'm sure, during COVID. Yeah. But 
It was a few years. It was a few years. And then we went through the, the process of film festivals, which was just incredible. And, uh, you know, how fun was that? That was so fun. And it was just, I remember the one of the film, one of the events that we went to, which was the Leo Awards, which was in Canada, and watching Michael accept the award. And, uh, you know, it was just such a powerful moment because. It was like this dream has now been born. This dream has been raised. And that's the emotion that so many people that I get the pleasure of meeting through my work experience, that just complete gratitude, elation, joy, happiness, whatever that is, when their project has been raised. And that's why I always say, if you've got a big dream, you know, keep with it. Ask people to help you. But I believe the world is a better place when people's dreams are raised. Oh, that's so true. And we have a lot of younger people listening. As I look at the demographics, you know, this was designed for women like us just to kind of support each other, lift each other up. What are we doing, you know, empty nests or, you know, post 50. But we do have younger women listening. And I think it's it's because they're getting inspiration from your journey to know that really you went from working in a jail to being co-executive producer of a movie with, and you listed several of the celebrities, who would even think that's possible? But it anything is possible if you dream, if you have passion, and right, if you find the right people who can help you make it happen. So I love, I love what you do. What's your next big dream? One of my next big dreams that I'm raising is I have just finished the third book in my children's series, my Toby the Pet Therapy Dog children's series. It's very special to me, Christina, because my best friend, we met when we were five. Uh, she did all the illustrations for me. So that's one of the dreams I'm raising is getting that book out into the world um, in 2023, 2024. And another dream I have is creating a program to just help people get connected with their dream. Because a lot of people, they have, you know, I talk to so many people who have many dreams, many ideas, and it's like, how do we pick one that will allow you to step into it? So that's one of the dreams that I have. And I'd say another dream is about travel, traveling to places that I've never gone because it's such a powerful education. We did a lot of traveling this year. I, we went to Italy with oh, friends. I saw I went pictures to Paris of that. <laughs> work. And, and Africa changed my life. Africa. Truly. And never would have thought, was not on my bucket list at all. My son uh, had an extra couple weeks vacation. His friends didn't have it. He's like, Mom, let's go on a safari. Okay. When your 25-year-old son says, Mom, let's go on a safari, like, yes, I'm going. And I wasn't sure what to expect, but it was. So I agree with you. I, I want to go to more places that I never thought I wanted to go just to experience the culture and the people and the food and how they live. And for Africa, the whole tribal experience to me was life-changing to see. And I talked to a lot of young tribesmen who are my son's age and to hear their lives versus my son's life. And just fascinating. It, like I said, it just, it changes you. It's amazing. Tell people if they have a dream, how did they find Charmaine Hammond? <laughs> well, you can find me on raiseadream.com and that's the same handle that we use on social media as well. So raise a dream. And I love that. And, and don't think that, that anything's out of reach. 
you know, you're what, what I, the Hoda copy event for me was, are you kidding me? Like I'm, and oh, and then I got to interview her because I asked, I said, well, wait a minute, you know, who's going to do it? And I felt I was qualified. So I put my little package together and submitted it to the university and I got the yes. So that was a (laughs) life changer for me, career changing for sure. But just just to be able to talk to somebody and and you have taught our clients. So I've been very fortunate to be in many of your trainings and I have learned so much from you. And again, I think a part of it's just to have the confidence to do it, to realize you have value for X company, Y brand, whatever that is. Totally. And, and do it. Yes. Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. Okay. So we end every show with the same two questions. What is the greatest thing you have accomplished since you turned 50? Oh, that's such a juicy question. <laughs> I would say the greatest accomplishment since I turned 50 would, would be being involved in the, the Back Home Again film. Absolutely. Right. Right. And I'm sure people can find it. I did, we didn't even talk about that. Where can people find the movie? It's premiering right now on YouTube. So you can punch in Back Home Again movie and you will find it. And then where do you see yourself in 10 years? Oh my gosh. In 10 years. So I'll be almost six. Uh, I will be, oh, I will be almost 70. Oh, there was a mathematical error there. <laughs> <laughs> or denial. I am not sure which one that is. Doing the math, I thought, no, 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 I'm almost 60. (laughs) So in my almost 70 years, I'm going to be doing a lot of what I'm doing right now. I just, I love what I do. It is my joy. I think I will be continuing to help people raise dreams. I know I'm going to be continuing to write. And I think I might put my hat in the ring to do a film. And I'm not quite sure what that film will be. But I think I will be doing more with films that matter, films that make a difference. Oh, amazing. Charmaine, thank you so much for joining me today. It is always such a pleasure to see you. Thank you, Christina. Always great to have a conversation with you. Thank you for listening or for watching this episode of Living Ageless and Bold. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit subscribe. And if you like the episode, I hope that you will give us a great review. You can also head over to livingagelessandbold.com and sign up for information, inspiration, and exclusive opportunities for us, women over 55. Thanks for listening. And remember, no matter what you do, keep living ageless and bold.